Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey guys, Ben Kissel here to remind you about our move to Spotify. This show, along with all your other LPN favorites, is going exclusive to Spotify on Valentine's Day 2020. That means you'll only be able to listen to this episode, future episodes, and our entire back catalog of shows over on Spotify starting on February 14th. If you haven't tried Spotify, it's free and easy to download and use on any device, no credit card needed. Just download the app, search your favorite LPN shows on Spotify, and listen to all our episodes like you normally would. No matter what kind of account you choose, you can always download for offline listening for free. This show and all your favorite music in one place, what are you waiting for? Listen to The Last Podcast Network free on Spotify. just like blah 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 but i i don't want to be like bombs yeah bombs war well we're going it's just not about that is this today is about our boy cena gaznavi cena cena's back cena's back cena's back that's right how you doing pal oh it feels so good i feel brighter already yes <laughs> welcome back to the brighter side Woo! a cynics look at optimism i'm ed larson that's Amber Nelson, Cena Gaznavi, Eddie Ewing. We are all here together as a group. And Cena, it has been a while. Too long. You have sent us some some uh, correspondence. Yes. Uh, but uh, today, you are in the house. You I'm are technically on vacation. Angeles. You're on vacation. You got rosy cheeks and bright oh, eyes. Sparkly stop, eyes. Stop it. And a haircut, too. Oh, thanks. Look at you, special boy. My eyes are sparkling because of the dank weed here. So I'm ready to <laughs> rock and roll. Oh, man, there's so much weed. And I brought some. Oh, because wow. I brought. I was recently in Florida. Okay, I was opening for Jeff in uh, Miami this weekend, and it was a lot of fun. With Florida and weed, I went on a Gator trail. I went to the Everglades. I went on the airboat, and I brought back some presents. Do the alligators sell you weed? No, man, man. If they could, I would have bought it. The you got um, that swamp weed, man. There was a gator <laughs> so close to me, I was so scared. I posted it on the um, brighter side page. A picture of it on the. Uh, on the whatchamacallit, on the, uh, what's this? the stories, the stories, mm, stories. had this one. Honestly, this gator was a, a foot from me. 
Really? Oh, but wow. Like one foot from me. But gators are pretty calm. It was very calm, but yeah. I doesn't. I was terrified. Yeah. Were you on a little bitty boat or a big I was boat? On, a, on a big air boat. But I was on the spack row to the all the way against the against the water, and then when you're on that airboat, there's like 25 people on that fucking boat. The it goes down, and the water is like less than a foot from inside the boat. Right. And the gator was right there. It was just like staring directly into my eyes, mm. and it was it was terrifying. You could have been and, a good and, meal. And, oh my god! Like a hamburger at oh, Stout. Could have eaten you forever. Mm, and it would have got hammered. All right, but. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Uh, the boa constrictors are definitely taking over the Everglades. Uh, there's Ooh. no question about it. Did the, you see any? Uh, no, I saw a couple snakes, but I didn't see any boas. Huh. Uh, but the uh, the guide was like, the number one killer of baby alligators is the blue heron. And I legally have to say that. But I know for a fact that it is the boa constrictors. Well, I, you, I, I didn't tell you this. The neighbor, mm-hmm. their kids... They have pet mice and snakes, and one of them is a bow constrictor. No. And one of the smaller snakes actually recently got out and went, snuck out the hallway and into the neighbor's apartment. The neighbor called screaming. Oh, my God. And it was a whole thing late at night. We all were out in the hallway, and then the people who owned the snakes, they were out of town. So we had to go into their home, and I see this, like, zoo of creatures they have in there. Oh my god! Like people who own- you're on the board. I'm the president of the condo. You got to take care of this. I this know. is your. This is your problem. <laughs> exactly right. I'm, these get these motherfucking snakes out of your motherfucking apartment. Yeah. I feel like people who own snakes owe you five dollars, right? They like owe someone money. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they you know, the kid- have like a paper bag full of cigarettes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, the kid, Cosmo, will get off the elevator. My wife, his name is Cosmo. Everyone probably knows that by now. But um, Cosmo will get off the elevator. The kid will be there. He'll be like, you want to see my snake? And it's like not even like a penis reference. It is a, a real snake that he wants to show her. And it's no on both accounts from Cosmo mm-hmm. on that. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Anyways. But, you know, if you have snakes, take care of them and love them because yeah, they deserve take it care too. Of them. One yeah. time I was at the sure natural. I know. One time I was at the Natural History Museum and you can crawl inside a whale's heart, like a. Um, a uh, uh, macrame designed whale's heart. It's big enough for like two year olds to crawl in, but mm-hmm. I was like, fuck that. I'm going in there. And I get in the middle of this heart, and it's like all like two year old children, like full in there. And I was like, I need to leave before one of them says something Man. that I can't, you know, re- take back because there's no cameras in there. You were like, Anyways. you were like Jonah, but like. <laughs> <laughs> So today, we're going to get into a couple topics that Cena's very, very passionate about, which are jury duty, yeah, um, Iran, yeah. DMT, <laughs> and uh, what was the last one again? Um, oh, we can talk about the caucus, politics, the caucus, caucus, and the we caucus should also mention I'm going to have a podcast on the network soon. So oh, we can talk shit. About that. Let's, let's talk about it now, and we'll talk about it again at the end. What's okay. the podcast? Fraudsters. Fraudsters. So, what does that mean? So we're going to go and take a look. My co-host, Justin Williams, and I are going to take a look at people that have either committed fraud or are terrible liars or take advantage of vulnerable people is the big mm-hmm. idea there. And to really do a deep dive on them. Our first episode is on Miss Cleo and the Psychic Readers Network. Ooh. And they, like, defrauded people out of the tune of, like, um, over... Cleo! Yeah. Call me now! <laughs> over a billion dollars over several years. But then the problem is, like, how many victims were there? Where people were just, you know, voluntarily calling. She mm-hmm. told me my husband could hear me and see me. Exactly. And I, I gave her a million dollars. Exactly. I heard Miss Cleo was white. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a quick little uh, fun fact about her. When they were doing the trial about the Psychic Readers Network, they had her on the stand and they brought up her birth certificate and they said, this is your birth certificate. It says that you were born in California. 
And she was like, I take the Fifth Amendment. <gasps> so it was like a reverse birtherism type of thing. What's that? Wait, with guns? Fifth Amendment with guns? No, no. Fifth- <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? She just pulls out an AK-47. <laughs> I plead the fifth. When is the Constitution, according to Amber, going to be a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so you you got a new show coming on the network. Yeah. And uh, you think it's just cool that you quit ours and start your own show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly had no idea this would happen. Oh, I was doing yeah. a project mm-hmm. about a, uh, a different fraud case, yeah. and then uh, Henry and and Ken were like, "Why don't you do it on the network? Just just start talking about frauds all the time." That's and a great was, idea. Great. Yeah, it's a great idea for a show. Yeah, I do love it because uh, I hate frauds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. televangelist. It, it really upsets. As oddly enough, Jim Baker is going to be sec- the second episode, the oh. televangelist that had a fleet of Rolls Royces. Oh, oh put him yeah. on a stick. I, I love his video. I will watch his YouTube videos. Yeah, I'll watch his shows like all night. I'm so obsessed. And he's with still him. on. He's still and doing it, shows. It's amazing. He's yeah. all about doomsday prepping now and trying to get the people buckets. to buy like buckets, oh, buckets. of lard. Yeah, yep. fucking crazy. And your and what and your um what's your Twitter handle so people can suggest uh, fraud to you yes uh, at Cena John S-E-E-N-A-J-O-N I yes. think I may have to change it soon yes you have to I can't believe you still have it I, I, have to, I lose the blue check mark if I do really <laughs> yeah they got That's, you by the fucking so, I have no backbone <laughs> I am such a weak person yeah, I'm so scared to apply for the blue check mark you could do it you should do it you have plenty of credits and everything like that I you applied so? and well, they said no yeah the Kissel applied and they said no and I heard once oh, you apply <laughs> it's over you can't apply again oh uh, no you'll be fine the Twitter gods, fuck them. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So if you think that me and Amber deserve Twitter check marks, you go ahead and you let Twitter know. And uh, we'll see what we can do about taking Cena's away. Before we start this show today. Um, Are we recording yet? <laughs> <laughs> this feels like old times. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. I don't know. I feel like that whale story deserves a no blue check. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> it was yeah. not funny. I once went to the whaling museum in Montauk, and do you know that the most valuable oil uh, that lights lamps the longest is uh, found in a whale's brain? So uh, you got to kill it. Yep. The, uh, kill it. So, <laughs> I got a couple things I want to talk about before we start. Okay. I got probably the best piece of... Uh, uh, listener mail that I've ever received. I haven't told you about it because I wanted your honest response on the show. Okay. This comes from Taylor Mays. She's a saint, by the way. Yeah. You know what this woman did before this? She noticed that the Twitter account for at Bird Luger was not taken. And so she took it and then gave me the password oh, so no dickheads my, came and took it. What a Whoa. sweet She's sweet. a wonderful human being. Angel. I, Thank I, you. I, I love her forever, Taylor. And then listen to this. She Ugh. messaged me today. I asked her if I could bring it up on the show. She said, no problem. Uh, so this is from Taylor Mays. Hey, just wanted to share a quick brighter side thing with you. I work at a mental health clinic, and I lead groups for adults with severe and persistent mental illness. Today, we played hoopa goo goo noo noo doo doo <laughs> and they all really enjoyed finding the brighter side in some of the tougher subjects of mental illness, and it helped them recognize some new coping skills. So thank you guys for the great experience. Just wanted to let you know you're making the difference in uh, people's lives who don't even listen to the show directly. And I'm like, hey, oh, that's amazing. Can I, uh, can I listen? bring it up on the air and she said sure they even asked me how to spell hoopa goo goo <laughs> so they could write about it in their journals it was badass Aww. how nice is that that is nice That's they so should nice. listen to the show i will i mean who knows i mean i mean 
Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> you guys should get honorary doctorates. You know, you should be Dr. Larson and Dr. Nelson. Oh, oh man, I would love to get a doctorate from TCC, <laughs> Tallahassee Community College. Just give me an honor. It'd be the only doctorate ever given out by and them. you speak at their graduation. <laughs> yes, you have graduated. Now for more school. <laughs> All right, so I'm in the Everglades. The uh, boa constrictors are taking over. Uh, the, our airboat guide, uh, he, he said uh, the, 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 um, the, the blue heron is the, the number one uh, killer of baby alligators. And he said, well, those people who make me say that aren't in the swamp killing boa constrictors at three in the morning with, sla- with a flashlight attached to their head. That sounds really fucking awesome, though. It is pretty awesome. I would do that job. How much do you think he makes? 20 bucks an hour? Ah, maybe. I don't know. You don't need much money money when you're just eating what you see. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, I saw you did the meats, like all these different meats. I love frog legs. Mm, it is one of my I top. I had frog legs at there. They oh. had the, I got the uh, Everglades special. It was gator meat, mm. frog legs, and catfish. Damn. Wow. Yeah, it was very good. It And all of it was very delicious and fresh, yeah. I have to say. Did it all taste mm. like chicken? From uh, Yeah, from a weird <laughs> national park place, I will say that it was delicious. Wow. People say frog legs are cruel. I say what's cruel is ordering an odd number of frog legs. Mm. Right? Oh, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can say the same thing about chickens. Uh, Amber, I bought you this. <gasps> Eddie! Oh, I'm so excited. I like opening things in yes. presents. Oh, it's in a bag, and it's... Oh, it's a tooth? It's a gator tooth! I love oh, it! Wow. You got a gator tooth. Genuine alligator tooth. Oh, and Savannah Boone, if you're listening. Bone or Boone? Bone. Bone. Savannah Boone, if you're listening. I love alligators. Thank you so much for doing our show. Listen to our previous episode with alligators. Oh, I love it. Yes, and Ooh. Eddie, this is for you. Ooh, th- oh, Oh, a magnet sweet. with an alligator that's also a bottle opener. I love this. Now, Amber, this is your real present. Oh, I get two gifts? You get two gifts, because I know how alligators is your spirit animal, and so I, <laughs> I thought you needed more than one gift. I could have just given this to Cena, but you need this. <laughs> oh, I do? <laughs> This is because you love cooking so much, <gasps> and I, I figured this, this will be great for you. Oh, I, this is exactly oh, what I need. So you make so many stews, too. I do make stews. So this is like a little spoon, like a little thing where you can put your spoon down when you're like making soups and stews. What's it say? I love that. Send more tourists. The last ones were delicious. Oh. <laughs> There's a little gator on it. Little get- I love Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Ed. Oh, no oh. problem. No problem. All right. I and it. I also hear Senior some joints. We could spark one of those. That's my gift <laughs> to you. And uh, here's some big news. We got stickers. Wow. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amber, these are your stickers. Uh, if you want some stickers, I, w- I have about 25 to 30 stamps at home. So the first 25 or 30 people who... Message me and say you want a sticker. I will mail you a fucking sticker. So if you DM the brighter side, uh, the brighter side LPN on Instagram or Twitter, and we, I will mail you a sticker, or I'll mail you two stickers. Fuck it. Yeah, I would probably uh, mail two stickers. This is, stickers, the, this is our first merch, and I and, and we're not selling it. We're giving it away. Uh, if Putting you, on bathroom stalls and whatnot. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna litter the town with these fucking stickers. I bought five hundred of them. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna. It's a it's a big day. It's I'll a big put day. one on my laptop case. Thank you so Absolutely. much, Cena. I, I really appreciate it. And that. it's got a little barcode on the bottom right, so you can put your phone over it, and it boom automatically sends you my nudes. It goes. <laughs> 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 yeah, the QR codes go... Um, QR di- code to Nelson Nudes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you can find those nudes on lastpodcast.com. <laughs> and also, uh, it, there was another QR code there for Spotify. Mm. And so, as you know, uh, Brighter Side is going free on Spotify on uh, February 14th. And you'll be able to get all of our old episodes there and uh, for free. And you can even download them for free, uh, even if you don't have a premium account. And you can listen to them offline. It's a great thing. And our QR code is right on that sticker for Spotify. And we tested it out. And it fucking works. I love it. And so be a part of it. Get in the business. I love that these came so quickly. Because, like, I feel like the other day you were like, you know, which format should we use? Yeah. And then, boom, they're already here in our hands. I love it. We got stickers and stickers, they stickers, are stickers, good. Stickers, All right. So should we cute. start the show officially? <laughs> yes. Listen to the brighter side, the brighter side. I don't I don't know how our song goes. Uh, So, Cena. <laughs> The Iowa caucuses. Yeah. They've been happening. Uh, we'll know more after this episode comes out, of right. course. As of now, we don't know. As of enough. now, we don't know who won. Uh, right now, Mayor Pete's in the lead. Pete. Mm. How do you say his name? He's going to be our president. Yeah. Bernie was second. They're very close. Anyone could still take it. Yeah. I Elizabeth mean, I, is pretty far behind, and Sleepy Joe's way down. Way um, down. Yeah, and then uh, Yang, nothing from him. 5%. That's what he was going in uh, expected to get. So oh, okay. he, he was he's knew what he was going to get, and I think it's good that he achieved what the expectations. He did not perform below expectations. I never like to underestimate anybody because it's yeah. always the people that are like the 5-10%. The dark horse. The dark well, horse. Well, we, remember, like Trump was a fucking... Dunce. Yeah. I mean, well, still a dunce. I but, was doing like, like when we, he was coming into election with Hillary and everybody thought Hillary was going to win, mm-hmm. I was doing like stand up all across the country. And I remember going into a meeting with this guy in New York and he's like, Hillary's going to win, you idiot. And I was like, I think Trump is. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he hated me so much. We got into a screaming fight. And well, I was like, he, I go out there in the streets and I talk to people and you just sit up here in your tower. <laughs> he, he hates himself a lot now. Of course, yeah. as he should, you yeah. fucker. Yeah. So uh, how does this even work? I never really truly understood the Iowa caucus. Well, it's it's uh, probably the, the quick... worst form of democracy that we have. <laughs> it's basically like a weird pep rally where people go to these different precincts, right? And then they go to a gym, and they basically go to a corner where everyone gets – you don't get to be like, I'm not telling you who I vote for. No. You see right there, your neighbor walks to a corner of the, the gym with – Whomever it is, Andrew Yang, Buttigieg, Warren, Biden, Sanders, whatever, mm-hmm. and they huddle, huddle up there. And if you break a threshold of 15% in that gymnasium, then you get those delegates. If you don't, then people have an opportunity to reorder themselves. So like a lot of Andrew Yang people were moving to the Bernie Sanders uh, side in some of these little gymnasiums oh. to get Bernie over 15 Can you play dodgeball and like just hit people? <laughs> it really is. They're like, you cross the line! <laughs> and then the next day, like see a bunch of like 12-year-olds just play. They'll just go, yeah, and they're just like taking a shit in the middle of the gym, yeah. It goes right back to business as usual. And this is, the thing that they did apparently this year, which I didn't really realize until it blew up, was that they made an app. Right. So that you could just, I guess... Uh, report in the results and then the like the reporting was supposed to happen it's supposed to tally all the votes or tally all the caucus uh, results go to a central place and then spit out the reporting that's what's trust- holding it up right? yeah. Oh, really? yeah yeah and so apparently which is really funny the company that did it and there's a bunch of stories about it being connected to the Clintons and that the Buttigieg campaign funded it and all oh, that shadow that, yeah yeah exactly all these things but they said 
They said the app worked uh, fine until the reporting feature didn't work. And I was like, this is the that's only the, thing the that didn't work fine. What else? Yeah. What else do you got to do? No. Sorry, your meal was great in the kitchen, but when it got to you, bah. there were nails in it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't trust no apps, and I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, oh, I think it's a real I hit. love apps. Appetizers. Appetizers. They're delicious. Which is funny. I order them every time I go out. And I, <laughs> Mozzarella I like sticks. Skins. I was going to say loaded potato skins. Well, Pete Buttigieg does remind me of an Applebee's waiter. Like, yeah. So. Oh, my God. That guy is a robot, man. He is bad news. So and I really my, don't this is very, know anything about him, to be honest with you. I've just kind of blocked him McKinsey out of my head consultant. that he even exists. He's a mayor. He's only thought about being president since he was a child. I actually have a friend of mine that grew up with him, and all he's thought about was being Like president. the Antichrist. Sure. Like they groom them I, for the. Oh yeah, I mean like he's Damien. been grooming himself. Yeah. So I groom myself. A kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that well, name. I don't know anything about Pete, but I kind of like the fact that someone early on is like, I want to be president, and then works towards that, as yeah. opposed to being like yeah. a total fuck up as a kid, exactly. and then just like right. posting. I mean, like, at least he's like, you know, he looks like he got straight A's. Yeah. I'm not oh, voting for someone just because they have a vision board. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and that's the thing, right, Eddie? It's like, come on, you know, where's the kind of like you care about the country kind of thing, and less about the I've made every decision so I can be this thing, right? right? Oh, my own self interest, right? And yeah. like, he went to listen. He's a he's a vet. I don't. You can't. You know, you like animals. That. Exactly. He's a veterinarian, <laughs> very loving. Oh, he he served in Iraq. You know, he's done a lot. That's good. Mm-hmm. I know, don't course, trust a leader. I didn't know. Didn't. I didn't know Iraq had restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he served to bully in Iraq. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I served in Iraq. <laughs> Fridays, two tours. <laughs> <laughs> I've got PTSD, PTS dips. Uh, Dollar but, Amber Box. <laughs> the, he, uh, but Pete Buttigieg, man, he, uh, listen, Iowa, and we, we can move on from this quickly, I guess, but Iowa is 90% white. Mm-hmm. Nine, more than 90. Dude, that's all white. That that's a lot like of white. all white people. White. Yeah. And his campaign is not very, his like campaign staff is not very diverse. There, his actually polling for uh, among black voters, which is the Democratic Party base, by the way, goose egg. Really, a bagel, cream cheese with that bagel, fat zero. But did you see he found that like at least eight black people to line up behind him? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, so does Trump. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. All right. Oh, did you see that picture? <laughs> that picture of the airplane today. No. It was like an airplane. It was all like Trump supporters. Oh, yeah. And all the ben Carson. Bing Carson. Just kind of like oh, yeah. propped in the middle. I yeah. feel very like upset about Pete because as a gay person, I'm so excited to see a gay I know. candidate. But like, I just I just don't trust him. There's something about him that I just don't. I mean, you shouldn't trust almost anyone. Any I have friends that right, work at McKinsey course. and I don't trust them. <laughs> and I love them. But I mm, What's McKinsey? McKinsey is a consulting firm. And they basically go like heads, like states will will hire them, big corporations will hire them, and they'll just have a complex problem. And they'll tell these McKinsey people, "Hey, uh, fix this problem." And yeah. so Buttigieg's clients have been linked to certain things, and maybe they were fixing bread prices in some other ways. And there's a lot of like shadowy stuff, pun intended, I suppose now, yeah, but right. that, that happens with McKinsey. And they also do a lot of good. They also help a lot of companies actually figure out problems and so that they can prosper and keep people's jobs and all that jazz. They are very expensive. 
that being said, it's just weird to have someone at that kind of elite level uh, be running for office. I think America really wants people that speak to their gut a little bit more. Right. And that's, I think, why Trump won and right. why Hillary was just kind of doing her whole thing the whole time. And she was just trying to play above. Speak to the gut, you know. And I want someone running for president who knows how to fix an RV. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. yeah. How do you fix a flat tire on an RV? That's yeah. difficult. Here or at least go. someone who knows how much uh, a gallon of milk Gallon costs. of milk. Exactly. Yeah. Ultra pasteurized almond milk? No. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he the mayor of? Uh, South Bend, I believe. Is that right? Is it South yes, Bend? South, South Bend, Bend Indiana. Indiana. Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. And what, what, so if I were to, wanted to run for mayor, yeah. what would I do? I, I, I think if the different states and cities have different rules, but basically you get a bunch of signatures. Yeah. You register with your party or whatever it is, and okay. then you're in the race pretty much. See, yeah. I'm a bartender in Hollywood, and I know a lot of people. I don't mean to brag about myself, but I will. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people. I talk to them. I shake their hands. I, I know the librarian at the public library. I know the construction workers. So what if I just went around? You should. Like, I would, I would campaign for you. Thank you. Yeah. Now I'm a mayor and California's going to war. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, uh, just to put a button on this whole Iowa caucus thing, Michelle Bachman, the Republican, the crazy lunatic oh, the Republican, Tea Party. she won the Iowa caucuses and I think it was, what was it, 2016 or, or whatever, 2012 or some crazy shit like that. Oh, yeah. They She's had, nuts. Do you remember her ad that was like, I'm not a witch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like, I'm not going to vote insane. for you, though. Are you a witch? <laughs> was that Michelle Bachman or was that that woman that, from Delaware? That was Michelle Bachman. Wow, it's just crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, you shouldn't have to explain that you're not a witch. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, th- those days. Trust are over. me, everybody. I'm not a witch. Trust me, I'm not a witch. Sure, Trust I can me. read, but I'm not a witch. <laughs> I don't know. I like the swamps, and I like um, uh, comfrey root and other healing sort of plants. Yeah, you would. You could be like, I am a witch. I am yeah, a, witch. I am a swamp witch. Own the witch me. thing. Yeah, I think that would play very well. <laughs> Thank you, especially in Hollywood, of course. Yeah. But don't panic, everybody. New Hampshire is going to be a different race. The the south of the country, you know, if you look at the south um, eastern part of the country, is South Carolina and all those states down there. There's a, a huge black population that's going to be voting, and they're going to be they're very supportive of Joe Biden. So you're going to see uh, kind of like a rebalancing. Bernie needed to win Iowa to like. Start off strong. Yeah, I think it's going to be. He still might. He still might, right? We'll, we'll see what happens. But New Hampshire is going to be super important. Andrew Yang is performing a lot better in New Hampshire right now. I saw. And so we'll see how. They, I think the votes going to be very split. In what New about Hampshire. Klobuchar? Which where's she at? You know, it's weird. After that New York Times uh, kind of like uh, endorsement, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. I think she is maybe splitting the moderate vote with Buttigieg right now. But it depends on what pockets of the country. She's also not polling very well among mm. black voters. And again, it's like I don't understand why anyone, everyone's not just playing to the base. I mean, you want to right. talk about the base? That's the base, right? So, but you know, that base is also segmented as well. They all, you know, all black people don't think the same. Obviously, right. there's uh, leftists um, in that community, and there are moderates, and the, the moderates are generally skew a little older. So it seems like people over fifty tend to vote differently than people. In their twenties, yeah. 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 My sister, no matter what race, and she voted for Trump. Yeah, I mean, young people are doing a bunch of shit right now. They're really pushing for Bernie, and they they could, if they come out in droves, really make things happen. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Now, how do you say her name? Klobuchar. 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 Sounds like a linebacker. Yeah, she, she looks like a linebacker. A little. <laughs> She's built like one. All right, so let's move on to something else. I wanted to talk about. Because I know very little, but it seems like it's terrifying. And that is Iran. 
and I know you're on top of it as a Persian man yourself. Or as uh, my uh, sixth grade teacher, Mr. Brown, said, I ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom. <laughs> and then I went. To <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So here's what I know. And then you stop me when I'm wrong. Okay. Um, You're wrong. What? <laughs> Sorry. So Trump killed uh, the general. Sure. Uh, and he was beloved in Iran. No, wrong. Really? Yeah. No. They were taken to the streets. Yeah. Okay. That we was can propaganda. Get that. that was propaganda video. Exactly. Oh, yeah. really? So we, we yeah. can talk. We could talk about actually the specifics of that. But keep going. Yeah. So he killed him, which is basically an act of war. It would have been like Iran killing Mattis. Kind of. All right, and then uh, and or so Iran but killing Iran Colonel is, Chicken, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Iran killed Colonel Sanders. Oh no, there would be riots. There would be riots, especially in Asia. They love KFC in Japan and China. And um, and then, but the the biggest problem is because it's basically an act of war, and their allies are China and Russia. Correct. And, yeah. And so that's like the big issue. That's an issue, right? Yeah. And that's 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 where I'm at. Okay. What am I missing? A yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah. So I think the 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 part that really frustrates me overall is that I've been yelling about Iran for a while, and for people, whenever I talk about foreign policy, people kind of like glaze over and they it's get really bored. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. We're not used to it. We're not confronted with it. And it's uh, complicated. I feel like no one's right. Exactly. It's like there's no right answer. There's no correct answer yeah. for any of this, and that's what's so difficult. There's no binary good versus evil because, as you probably know, having grown up there. There, when there's good days where like countries will get along, and then bad days when countries won't get along, and those are very difficult. You have to be very fluid and very nimble mm -hmm. with how you're assessing the situation. If you look at Iran, we have been in a war with Iran for like ten years now. We've yeah. been—it's a proxy war, right? Okay. We call war. We have to redefine. I think it's really important for us to redefine what we're calling war these days. It's not just killing. It's not just killing. I don't want to sound like Dick Cheney where like war is everywhere, but like the way we pursue conflicts is very different. We have cyber war. We have wars of disinformation and information warfare happening. We have economic war, like trade wars. Mm -hmm. And we have like actual war where like people are on the ground. But with Iran, we have a proxy war where Iran is using their funded people like Hezbollah and America is funding through Saudi Arabia. And we're fighting it out in places like Yemen. And yeah. so all these things have been happening. So when Trump pulls out the troops from Kurdistan and abandons all those Kurds, I was crying. I was I was so viscerally upset yeah. because time and time again, the Kurds have supported us in all these conflicts throughout the Middle East, and we've left them behind. In the 90s, speaking of the Iowa caucuses, what do they always do with the Iowa caucuses? They say to the farmers, we're going to help you with your corn subsidies. We're going to do all this for you, right? In the 90s, we did that. George uh, Herbert Walker Bush did that. Sent farm subsidies from Iowa to corn to Saddam Hussein to feed him and whatever, if he fed his people, I'm not sure. But around that same time, while we were doing that, Saddam was, uh, was gassing the Iran-Iraq border where Kurds were and really? killing them. I Yet grew up these, with Saddam Hussein. Yeah. He was a roommate. He's my roommate. <laughs> he didn't wash dishes. <laughs> but I knew who he was before I knew anything about, yeah. like, even the American presidents or any. I remember just, like, that Saddam. He's on the money. He's just, he's on everything. He's on everything. Yeah. Exactly right. And we were doing business with him. So, again, we killed the guy later. So then, yeah. but remember, we were supporting him. We picked him over Iran in the Iran-Iraq war. That's why... 
uh, we allowed him to gas those Kurds. And now the Kurds were our allies in Afghanistan and all these other places. Mm -hmm. But then we abandoned them. So we connect all of these different issues. If we abandon some of our allies, then who do we have to support us in Iraq? Who do we have to who is going to trust us to back us now? So then the Kurds now are in the arms of Russia. They're making deals with the Russians now. So now we may or may not be able to get the Kurds back, but maybe the Kurds will help us. The Kurds really want their own place, right? So the Kurds are basically, if I could compare them to anyone, it'd be the Palestinians. Like the Kurds are to Iran as the Palestinians are to Israel. Uh, Is that similar? Uh, it's somewhat similar, but there's not. Uh, the Kurds live freely in Iran. Like they can't, they just don't oh, okay. have a country. They've been trying to fight for a country for a very long time. So what, if they get a passport, what's their passport say? Whatever the country they're from, they don't have a country. Fuck okay. you, I'm Kurd! Yeah, but they, <laughs> their ethnic identity will be Kurd. Okay, cool. There's a lot of female Kurdish fighters, too, and they're exactly. badass. Of course. Real badass. They, like, just fucking killed ISIS, and there's just videos of women with, like, a cigarette, like, poking out of her mouth. Exactly. Like, I fucking killed. And we <laughs> should be supporting these women. We Absolutely. should be supporting these soldiers. So this is what gets to when you're saying... I'm terrified, right? I'm scared. There's a lot of people that when Suleimani was was uh, assassinated, people were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, where the fuck were you? We've been here. People were texting me. Hey, man, I hope you're okay. What are you talking about, man? We're fine. A terrible general that killed women and children, that massacred droves of people, that put guns on his own people during the Iran protests and killed over 1,500 people just in the last two months. ISIS supporter, too. Exactly. Is dead. Well, he was fighting ISIS. Suleimani was fighting ISIS. Oh, I thought he was supporting them. No, no. He was fighting Everyone oh. hates ISIS. Oops. <laughs> <No>. Never mind. <laughs> Forget I said that. Strike it from the record. But, well, I thought he was, too, to Keep be honest. That's what they told us. Yes. So, but Suleimani is just such a terrible, terrible guy. And so when people are like, oh, my God, I'm like, we're good. Like, we good. We're happy he's gone. It's like, and then you talk about, uh, so the news is what I was so upset about, and I actually ended up writing a letter to The Economist because The Economist wrote about this as well. You know well. what? I don't like The Economist, but keep going. It's, it's been pissing me off recently. Yes, I don't, I, and I was such a huge proponent, proponent yeah, of it. Both yeah. of you were. Yeah. Yes. You talked about it on the show many times. Yes, many I, times. I unfucking subscribed. Whoa. I was pissed. So what happened um, was everyone was saying, hey, they killed Suleimani. Before that, there was the Iran protests. They were happening. Uh, they were very pro-West. Then the Suleimani uh, assassination happened. And then all of a sudden, uh, they said in the New York Times, they said in The Economist, that the Iranian people have now uh, uh, changed to being against America. Mm -hmm. Like we are just unable to think have two ideas in our head at the same time yeah. that we just flip like we all have bipolar disorder or something like that we're just like flip a switch and all of a sudden it's like you know a terrible situation for no there were people that are fanatics it's a country of 80 million people in iran there's going to be a small portion of the country that are going to be supportive of the government and remember the government the military there is very heavily funded. They support the families a lot. They do a lot better by their military than we do here in the United States. They give them a lot of money. So you're going to have people that are partial to the government, of course. Okay. But on the day after Suleimani's killing, when you saw the bridge video where everyone was happening there, yeah. there was actually this great uh, thread of someone taking the measurement of the entire bridge, figuring out how wide the bridge was, right, from the measurements that they could do, uh, estimating how many people per like wide yeah. and then long and then making an estimate about 90,000 people. Not many. Not millions. 90,000. And then here's the other part. Some people were there supporting Suleimani for sure. 
they closed every shop in that area for the memorial and made people go outside. They even closed bakeries and cookie shops. Why? Because in the Middle East, and you saw this in Syria, they'll bake cookies to celebrate something. People mm. were baking cookies in Syria and celebrating Soleimani getting killed. They oh. would have done the same thing in Iran, but they didn't allow it. Wow. This is what is happening on the ground. And if you want to follow uh, Massey Ali Najad on, on Twitter. Can and you spell it? Uh, Massey, M-A-S-I-H, Ali, A-L-I-N-E-J-A-D. Uh, and then at Saman Arbabi or Samanism. Our boy. Our boy. Mm -hmm. He's really good. There's also, if you go on my Instagram at Cena John, in my link in bio is an amazing thread that really discusses from this really awesome um, researcher and journalist that understands really what's happening in the history. It goes back to just a very basic point. We have to pay more attention because if all of us gave so much of a shit when we thought we were going to war, none of that means anything. If you just go back to thinking about Trump or thinking about whatever, if we if we care about us going into war, then we have to pay attention. We have to know what happens when we're not supporting our allies like the Kurds. It's it, human lives. It's it, it really, and it all, more than anything, it all connects back. And Especially something that happened there. three years ago, exactly, something that happened a year ago or three years ago, People don't forget, especially in the Middle East. They like my people hold a grudge. Yeah. We hold fucking generational grudges, man. Mm -hmm. And shit is crazy. So that is really the insanity. I don't know if, if I covered everything you know, too quickly. You know, a brighter no, side of I this. No, I thought that was amazing. Was a, a brighter side of this is I do find that cultures are often very connected or similar. And you said the baking cookies to celebrate. Germans do the same thing. Exactly. And the Welsh people, they do the same. Because I'm half German, half Welsh. We just bake, like, to celebrate something. Exactly. Bake a strudel, bake some cookies. People are happy. This man killed so many women, children. I mean, he's killed so many people. Yes, is it bad? The timing is what we can question. Why did he do it now? Because in a proxy war, the guy was just, he was poking a bear. He was poking the United States a lot. He was poking it through proxies. Oh, he shot it. down air drones. Yeah. And then and another thing, another reason why I distrust the media is because I was reading on BBC, another website I don't really care for. I don't know. Maybe prove me they wrong on this. They have some problematic Iran coverage as well. Yes, they do. But they were like, oh, but the air drone strike, it wasn't necessarily on. Uh, yeah. In, and I was like, no, it was on their airspace. There, it was on like you know any kind of anybody as airspace. Yeah, yeah. And well, so yeah. I was gonna ask, what's up with the plane? So then, the, that's the other thing the media did. They're like, after Suleimani was killed, the Iranians they were against the United States, and then the, the plane was shot down, and they were back to being against Iran again. And I'm like, you fucking assholes, who are? We? What do you really think we're that like? We're not that sophisticated. We can't understand. Mm -hmm. I knew right from the get go. That, or at least I didn't know, but like my guess immediately was they're idiots. They shot down their own plane because they fucking didn't ground all the planes and had a, well, the guided missiles were fired off. And that's exactly what ended up happening. And that's why Iran's not cooperating with Ukraine anymore for any of this shit. And they shot down a fucking plane with all these amazing, sweet people. And there, are, there were so many videos that I watched that I cried during of just listing and pictures of all the different people, Iranians and some Canadians that were on that flight. And Ukrainians, that, too. Yeah, and Ukrainians that were that perished. It, it, it's just so sad. And the level of incompetence within the um, so revolutionary... Like yeah, yeah. They did not want to shoot it, shoot down that plane. That's Damn. why you got to take a train. 
Got to take called, a train and a boat. They called that base in Iraq. They called that area and were like, hello, hey, hey, we're going to shoot you with some rockets. Uh, get out of the way or something. Go get tea. You know, it's fine. We'll see you in a little bit. And they, they shot it and there was no one there. Why do you think there were no casualties? Who fucking shoots a thing? Who shoots at a base where yeah. there's no one there? <laughs> Someone that doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah. You know? Mm. So that that whole thing. And then the plane went down. And then you're just seeing time and time again the Islamic Republic of Iran is a fanatical government. They are not a rational actor. That is what I would, that is my opinion. Oh, it's all religion based in government. Exactly. That's why I don't religion, I don't want religion tied in with government. Exactly. Right. Even though I'm a Christian, I don't think the government should be, have any sort of Christian thing. there's well, a million religions in our, in our country. There's a million things and we just have to decipher what is right and wrong and what is good for the people. Now what, I mean, what news sources should we, because this whole entire Iran issue, yeah. I feel like everything I was seeing, I mean, the only really news I watch is like The View, but like they all, all the ladies in The View were saying, were almost arguing against killing that, that uh, general and then Meghan McCain, the lone conservatives was the one that was like, so in well, my Megan mind, Megan and I see eye to eye on this. This it, is why we're buddies. So why is it so, <laughs> why is it so, part, why is it so partisan though? Why is the news like so, uh, because why is it like that? Because it yeah. drives me Because nuts. they want to make money off of people exactly. and keep us all drones all in line. There so, is not enough oxygen in the public debate space right. to have a nuanced comp- – this is an extraordinarily complex issue. Right. And that I only know about it because I've been watching it for so long. I don't know how anyone – any of you guys would know about it. How are you supposed to learn about it? I don't know. I, I, really, I really don't know – there was never like some of the stuff that I've been posting about. If you go on my Twitter, a mm-hmm. lot of it is about Iran. I've tried to retweet or uh, post stuff from places that I trust that I've been following for a long time. Right. And I think there's another really important contextual thing here is that again, in the Iranian diaspora here in America, there are two big camps. One is the camp of Let's do the Iran deal. Let's make a deal with Iran so that we can have economic and political relations with them, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people be like, why don't we do that, right? Why shouldn't we do that? Why should we be at odds with them? And another camp like that I'm in would say, fuck that. They're not rational. They're fanatics. They kill their own people. And there is an economic interest for a lot of people to turn Iran into a Saudi Arabia or a China or right. a trading partner where we say capitalism wins and human rights can take a back seat. Mm-hmm. And that is what I don't want to have happen to Iran. I, I probably can't go back until there is a total regime change there, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have that then have the same regime, and then we are there's a fucking McDonald's there, and right. a fucking Walmart, and yeah. a fucking you know all kinds of like economic relations. And yes, it is bad for the Iranian people right now with the sanctions, but it's always been bad. Right. This regime is so much worse than any sanctions we could in uh, do on them, and the it's the best way to create an action out of them, and the best thing anyone could do if you ever want to help out is to just honestly, and this doesn't work in a lot of other issues, post about it, talk about it, talk to your friends about it, talk about it at dinner. That is the best. They, among, one of the things that they actually have in Iran, the in the theocracy, is shame. Hmm. When they are shamed, they change the way they act. And that has happened time and time again over the last 30 years. We've seen the public outcry for something, and then they change. The public, if they don't, if people are silent, 
and they create this kind of widespread ambivalence that no one does anything. And I find that everybody all over the world all wants the same thing. They want a comfortable job where they can bring money to their home, a house with family, uh, good food in the fridge. Educate their children. Educate their children. That's all, anywhere anywhere you go in the world, that's all they want. And big governments can talk their game and people can say whatever they want. But this is, I mean, I don't know. And, see, right. and to your point, it, it's it's so hard to have that conversation here because one of the things I was saying was like, I can be against war and against the Iranian regime and, and happy that Soleimani's dead. We right. can have we can hold both those things. A friend of mine actually sent me that. I, I tweeted that, and she was just like, "You're in the Portuguese Daily News." And she <laughs> apparently oh, they really? put my tweet in there. That's amazing. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> tell like, them to ship you some sausage. Yeah, some Portuguese can we, sausage. Can you get that from the newsstand? My mom wants it for their scrapbook. <laughs> uh, I got a, two Iran questions before we move on. Um, the first one is, weren't they, didn't they used to be like extremely liberal, like in the 60s and yes, stuff? Yes, and then there was a regime, and then a, totali- not totali- I forget the word, but it's when religion sort of. Theocracy. Theocracy, that's it, a yeah. T. Um, I hate that I was like, I should run for government, and now I'm like fucking up. <laughs> I'm fucking up so many things. Um, but well, where yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs play? That's all you need to know. Uh, uh, Minnesota. <laughs> But they used to like look at old photos of Iran in the uh. 60s and 50s, and there's like women in skirts at a library. Look at, look at my mom's old photos. That yeah. was my mom. I mean, yeah. she was a geologist in Iran, rocking out at a big company, and then uh, you know, bossing people around. And then they came in and they said, "You have to wear this hijab. You can't give men orders. They can't be in the office by yourself. And you have to wear this." And she would go into the mines with the hijab and then put the hard hat on top of the hijab. Yeah. When did it change? The seventies or seventy nine was the revolution. And then my family came over in eighty two with my older brother. It was oh. a lot of poor people that started it because, like, uh, poor women would wear the hijab and like mm-hmm. people would just go rip it off their heads and they were just like, "Fuck yeah. you!" Well, like they got angry. Well, it was like anything in the Middle East, right? It was a slow burn. We had political strife. The United States backed uh, the Shah for a while, and then the Shah started getting out of hand. He wanted to be this fifth most industrial power in the world. He started doing his own thing. Then all of a sudden, the United States was like, fuck this guy. Who who do we have to replace him? Oh, this Khomeini guy. He's He can help out. He's in France right now in exile. Let's help him get back out. So he was actually sending mixtapes right into the bazaars of Iran, and people were listening to Khomeini speak like Jay-Z was selling albums out of his trunk and his uh, his kind of doctrine started getting. And if you think about it, the Shah was bad too, right? It's yeah. just a different kind of bad. And so there were still a lot of problems. There was still a high, um, a low literacy rate in Iran. You still had a brain drain that was happening, but you, still, but you had these social freedoms that still allowed people to do what they wanted and there was more room for reform. The problem is the revolution took all that away. And That's- now for 40 years, the country has been in just absolute squalor that's what scares me about america so much is because there's so many people that are out of work that can't put food in their fridge can't um educate their families and instead of blaming maybe people that are hoarding all of their money that don't you know give back (laughs) instead of like putting their finger at that they're being like oh these other people are bad this is bad what if i took away the rights and freedoms of women by chance then I'll be happy and you know what you won't because there's people out there with billions and billions of dollars that are hoarding it and keeping it and buying their fifth yacht and meanwhile there are children that cannot pay for 
food for school. For you do need a yacht for lunch. some of the major oceans. <laughs> and I hope they drive it right into the middle of the ocean and sink it. <laughs> I hope they fall right off the edge of our flat earth. Now, <laughs> Cena, all right, brighter side of the situation. Yeah. I think brighter side is at least my hope, uh, and I think I've said this, uh, this is like my brighter side a lot of times, is that awareness and that we should Mm -hmm. be more engaged in this issue, and I feel like a lot of people are. A lot of people are talking about it more. I think my hope is that people are seeing people like myself talk about it in a way that's a little bit more um, complex, and I think that is having a positive effect where people are like, hey, that guy sucked that we killed, but why did we kill him now? Why didn't we kill him? He was... We knew where he was. It's not like we didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. You know, that's what we... I think we should be questioning that. What was the decision-making in killing him for the timing? Happened to be around his impeachment? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, speculate that far. It was directly after... (laughs) um, Whatchamacallit? It was right after Dunford quit. Yeah. Who was our chairman, uh, our joint chief of staff. And right when um, a dog's life came into theaters. <laughs> Curious. <laughs> Maybe that's got something to do with it. Mm. All right. Let's move on to our third topic. Thank Let's God. Uh, jury duty. You oh. recently had a long time I love this episode. This duty. is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so jury duty. First, uh, we've never done you guys have never done a episode a full episode on jury you know what I've never had jury duty oh. me neither I've Same. never been plucked not guys not going wood it is I understand a lot of people they're like I'm a freelancer I can't do it um, I'm in a better a different place now where I have the ability to take some time and I was just working in the morning during jury duty and at night and on the weekends to play catch up and but you get paid though right you, $40, it's like 40 a day yeah, $40 it's like it should be minimum wage I mean, I guess, but they also, if you have an employer, they have to pay for... Oh, the rest of it. Mm. And they should have to pay also, for a certain number of days, I think. You and, should also be given PTSD training afterwards. I mean, some of these jury training, or some of these jury cases are like, oh, this person just like murdered six people and here's their bodies. And like, you have to look at this. You gotta look at it a lot. Go back to your job at Applebee's. Yeah. No way, man. Difficult. So you what look, can you talk about with the kids? Oh, everything. I can talk really? about everything. Yeah. Ooh. So Spamoni... because it's over. Yeah. So... Um, are you sure? Yeah. Absolutely. First of all, they should not have picked me for the jury. They asked me in you the walk jury. In, he's like murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I spy a murderer. You're talking to the judge. <laughs> the murderer. <laughs> the man in the black cloak did it. <laughs> Look at the hammer he's holding. Yeah, with the hamburger mask did it. <laughs> I bet that'd be a great way to get away with murder. It's just to be a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a TV show or something about this? Dexter it too. should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the, when they were questioning people for, they call it voir dire, and they're questioning, the defense attorney asked me, is like, oh, and I was like, I'm a lawyer, but I don't practice. I'm in comedy. I host the radio. And he said, oh, did you ever want to practice criminal law? And I just said, no. And everyone was like, oh, I was like, I didn't mean to be that honest. I'm sorry. And I think he thought I was going to be a softy, right? And, like, I was not. I was, like, really looking at the facts. And I, uh, you know, presumed the innocence of the defendant as well. But backstory. What was the crime? So Spamoni Gardens, the pizza shop in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Do you know it? No. Oh, my God. You've never been there? No. Oh, they got a great Sicilian slice. It's so beautiful. You go to love it. (laughs) Huh? Where is it? Uh, Like in Diker Heights, uh, Gravesend. Oh, careful that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So was the pizza sauce tainted dyke in blood? Dyke happened before all the dykes, okay? Before Pop Slope. I'm sorry. That was so inappropriate. Uh, That's okay, Cena. You are a dyke. <laughs> My father's a dyke. Sheep's head bay. That- <laughs> sheep's head bay in that area. And this okay. is like a staple. It's like one of the best pizza places you in the city. You know what? I went to get a um, lime key lime pie slice in Sheep's head bay, and they were so mean to me. They asked me, where was my boyfriend? Where's your husband? Why are you single? And it's I was old like, school. Can I get my fucking slice of pie, pie. and get the fuck out of yeah. here, you fucking... Pie is <laughs> yeah. for married women, Amber. Only, <laughs> Only married women are you taking You have to married. have cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so the it's a family-owned place. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys, Louis Barbati, was the victim. He was driving home. And we saw this footage uh, from people's nest camps that were pointing at the street, and we saw his car. We didn't get to see the murder on camera because that specific camera that would have had the shot from the victim's home was broken. Ooh. So if you got security cameras pointed outside, make sure you go check that shit because that was a whole thing. We had everyone come in, and they were like, do you check your security camera to make sure it's working? Everyone's like, what? I set it up the first time. I fucking didn't do anything. Are you kidding me? Who yeah. checks the security camera after a while unless something happens? Yeah. Oh, my God. Every time there's been, like, an accident in my life, it's always something that could have been avoided. Yeah. I'm always just like, bah, it's okay. And then, like, something blows up in my face. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so the victim, Louis Barbario, was walking home. He actually had $15,000 in a, in a bag. Uh, but it wasn't a robbery because no one could have known when he had this money. It was a bonus, and they just randomly go and grab it from the safe whenever they want to. So there was no, there's no like bonus kind of like this is it's on the fourteenth of every month. There's no yeah. So this guy just had the money, and it just doesn't believe me. <laughs> just goddamn Italians always giving cash to people like it's exactly. crazy. I love cash. So- I love it. Do you know you can go to the hospital and pay cheaper if you do cash? If you go up front, and it yeah. doesn't sound like we're mm-hmm. living in a first world country well, when I say this. hospitals are like mafia, basically. They yeah. are. So you can be yeah. like, oh, like, uh, oh, this like foot surgery is 6000 What if I paid you 3000 cash oh, right now? you going to say you just like slide a 20? Yeah. <laughs> just be like, is this going to cover it? <laughs> let's, let's, let's forget the taxes. <laughs> so the victim got out of his car, started walking into his home through the fence, and Right at that time, the defendant, who we believe did this, uh, pulled out a gun, shot him at least five times in the back. Oh, my yeah. God. The man, bare, we don't know, but we, it looks like from the, in, from the evidence that he didn't even know what had happened. He just was surprised, and he went into his house, not into his house, into his back area, up the steps a little bit, and died in his wife's arms. Whoa, out. so he kept walking after he was shot yeah, he, five times? Yeah, like, he walked maybe six or seven more steps, got to the, got, you know, and got to his actual staircase on the outside. What a strong motherfucker. He's wow. a big dude, huge fucking guy. Wow. And then we saw all the autopsy photos of the bullet entry oh. and exit wounds, and then, like, the, the coroner guy who came and did, like, the second autopsy or Anyone whatever. Or uh, the second he evaluated the thing. I didn't puke, but it was weird. And this guy, by the way, this, this like autopsy guy that just looked at the previous autopsy information he didn't actually conduct it because this case happened three years ago or the murder happened three years ago his he was right out of central casting his suit was too big his glasses kept sliding down his nose 
And like he kept interrupting the prosecutor and the defense attorney when they were asking questions. He goes, no, that's not correct. Let me tell you what I'm doing. And he just goes like right out of law and order. Oh, my God. That's also crazy. It happened three years ago. 2016. The guy's been in jail since then. That's crazy that it takes this long. So fucking long. Especially big crimes like this. They keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And so people who are wrongly accused will spend three years in jail uh, before they even get a chance to go to trial, and then you know people realize they didn't do it. Meanwhile, the fucking killer is killing people. It should be like like two weeks, two weeks out, boom, trial. You would think, but you know the wheels of justice run very slow, and the prosecutor can keep slowing it down as much as they want. The well, pro- you know, which is a crazy thing. Well, right when that happened, the FBI got notified because they thought it was a mob hit. Yeah, mm. and so they're looking for a mob connection. So they they get all the information. They even uh, searched the defendant's home. And so how do they know it was a defendant, right? So this guy, Andres Fernandez, they showed his video. So one of the video shots, they could see him walking. And by the way, it's an 80-degree day, June 30th, 2016, in Brooklyn. The man is wearing jorts, long jorts, down to his knees mm-hmm. with, a guilty. Black, with a black hoodie. Guilty. Okay, uh, guilty. Yeah. And you they sure showed it, it on the Staten local— Island? No, no. They showed it on the local— Exactly. <laughs> He showed up with a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> it really was like that with a couple of these witnesses that came in. So they showed the um, they showed all this uh, to the local television, and then people called in. And there was a reward, obviously. People called in. And then the mother of his children identified him even. Wow. They had three kids together. And she was subpoenaed to come in, and along with two other people that identified him from the video. Yeah. And she came in, and she was very convincing. She was so distraught she did not want to be there she said she still loved um andres andy as she, as she called him they've had three kids together three days before the murder when it took place he was at their son's high school graduation were they married or no never married oh that's where they fucked up because yeah, if they were married she wouldn't be allowed to testify against him pretty she couldn't yeah she could avoid that any conversations would be privileged and stuff really like yeah. no idea but she could come in if she wanted to and identify him from a video yeah, that's the thing. That's what's wild. But she wouldn't have to do that. But anyway, they subpoenaed her, uh, and then that was like a, the big piece for me. I was like, oh my god, she just identified him. But like, I need more information than that. Meanwhile, two other guys came in, and they also said they recognized him for the video. But they were like neighborhood guys. One guy had like a turquoise, uh, a jumpsuit, oh and he came god. in to and court. He, yes, and Did each you give of them a, a vocal ha. <laughs> I was was cracking up. I was laughing. People were just, it was insane. And they came in and they were both guys from Sheepshead Bay in that area. And they were both like 40 something guys that dressed like they were 25 years old. They both like (laughs) fucking look ridiculous. And they said, how do you know the defendant? They were like, we grew up together in the neighborhood. I'm like, all right, well, where did you see the defendant? How do you know him? From the neighborhood. And they're like, well, how do you, where do you know him from? They're like, from the, fucking idiot? from the neighborhood. <laughs> like, where did you where did you specifically see him? On the street, at the bar, at the bodega, in the neighborhood. <laughs> Very New York. Both of these guys, separate testi- testimony, had the exact same experience. <laughs> Furious with the prosecutor for asking this absurd question. And they're like, well, how do you know it's him? They're like, he's from the neighborhood. It was it's like, like, who's on first? You are a prosecutor in New York City. You have talked to this man a thousand times, and you still. <laughs> and we're all cracking up in the jury box. It's very serious, but we're all we all yeah, became yeah, very yeah. close. By the way, I'm on a WhatsApp group with the entire jury. We're very oh, close. Oh, that's awesome. You um, should go to their wedding. <laughs> so, uh, so that was like another piece. 
Then they brought the cell phone data. This guy brought his own car, his own cell phone to the murder. They mapped his fucking cell phone from his home all the way to Brooklyn, from Long Island into Brooklyn, right where the uh, um, Spamoni Gardens is, and then up to where the victim's house is and where the murder happens. And then right after the murder, you see the cell phone data just casually going right back to Long Island. Now, he could have been there at some point before, right? Yeah. Not in the last year, because they searched a whole year before that date, did this man ever go to that part of Brooklyn. Really? Not once did this. He didn't even go to scout the location. <laughs> we yeah. do more work to produce a video than this man did to sh- murder somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then he had a white Acura. Was it a robbery? Well, they never stole the money because he didn't know. He was just there to kill the guy. Oh. Why did he want to kill him? What's the motive? No motive. That Zero was the killing. thing. What? They said in the opening statements, you're never going to know a motive. And if you look at the elements of a crime, motive is not one of them. You do not need motive for second-degree murder. You do not need to know the why. It helps if the prosecution knows the why. They'll keep talking to you about it because that builds so the theory of the case. So he randomly shot some dude five times in the back for no reason. Ed, you felt like that sometimes. I would. I mean, I'd stab somebody. But for as no a reason. jury, <laughs> but as a jury, you're not there to judge that. You're not there to figure that out. You're there to know: Did he intentionally? Was he there? Did he intentionally mean to kill him? Yeah. And we saw his car was there with a red Christmas tree air freshener in the dash. And when they searched his home three months later, red Christmas tree air freshener right in his fucking garage. Same fucking car. Wow. It was absurd. But so he was there. So he was there. So And then we saw one piece of footage where you see him just before the murder pull out something from his back pocket. Looks like a gun. It is a gun. Mm-hmm. And he walks off the frame, but he walks two steps down the sidewalk and then two steps into the street. And then they took a picture of where he was looking from across the street directly at the victim's house. So you put him in the video. You put him at the scene. You put him seconds before the murder takes place. Mm-hmm. And then the final piece, how are they connected? Because we never found a connection between these two people, yeah. the victim and the defendant. And so that was like bugging all of us. So the FBI, meanwhile, couldn't find a mob connection, so they, d- they sent the case to the state, and that's who brought the murder charges. So then here's this case now. Three years later, the prosecutor calls the FBI agent that conducted the search of the, of the defendant's home into the stand and said, did you search the home? Yes, I did. Did you take pictures of this wallet? And it was like a wallet with like business cards, bank cards. It was like a rubber band put together with a rubber band. He goes, yeah, I had the photographer take pictures of it. He goes, did you look at all the photos? Like, well, not really at that time. Uh, we looked at them later. And she goes, did you look at this photo? And on the back of one of these plastic surgery business cards they had, he had like several plastic surgery business cards because Andres Fernandez in 2003 actually lost his big toe in a construction accident. Oh. So I called him not Andres Nine Toes Fernandez. Ooh, <laughs> man, you gave like, him his name. I gave him a name. The jury, I uh, really like that one in the jury box, uh, but, <laughs> but I don't think I, I, he should know about it. But Now, did, yeah. the, did the judge or did the uh, lawyers have like a white suit on and did they fan themselves? The- <laughs> Yeah. It it's was a southern. Yeah. Like, I do declare your honor. <laughs> the, the defendant has Wait. never been at the scene of the crime. This boy here. It is, <laughs> is, is, is there central air in here? You're reading too many John Christian novels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I say, I say. I say, I say. <laughs> 
But the uh, so they look at this picture on the back of one of these business cards, right? The pizza shop owner's fucking his wife. The p- <laughs> oh, that's the real crime. <laughs> on the back of one of these business cards, the prosecutor goes, "What is written on the back of that business card?" <laughs> and the FBI agent goes, "The victim's address." And everyone's like, "Oh!" <laughs> Literally, oh someone in the gallery just like, "Oh!" And she said, "Why do you see this?" She goes. He goes, I didn't see it until you showed me two weeks ago. The prosecutor found it three years later. She fucking saw this photo and was like, these motherfucking dumb FBI agents. And I know we're in this period of American history where we're like, the FBI isn't bad. They work really hard. No, they're dumb. I fucking think they're idiots. These guys were total fucking idiots. Well-dressed, but complete fucking idiots. Yeah. They missed this. They would have had a mob case. That would have been the connection. So it was a hit. I would say it was a hit. That's yeah. not. I can't say unequivocally it was a hit. Obviously, because we didn't go down that road. But man, it, it, it walks so like you a didn't mob hit. First and acts like a mob hit. Uh, murder in the second degree. Second degree. All right. Yeah. So did you say yay or nay to the killer? Guilty. And then I cried. <laughs> and, and then in the jury room, I was the one that was like most fired up. And I went through basically what I said to you guys to the jury on how. And every day I went home, I was writing my reflection on the day and what stuff I remembered so it would keep it fresh in my mind because we weren't allowed to have a notebook in the jury box. What? Stupid. It's very difficult. You should write things down. Exactly. I had Swedish fish to stay awake and they made a lot of crinkling noises which the Russian woman that was in the jury next to me kept making fun of me about during the trial and I was like, you are a crazy. we have the same birthday though so I love her. She's <laughs> you are a crazy man with a crinkly thing. <laughs> exactly. So, so, what happened to Andy? So Nitos? I don't know his sentencing yet. So we he yeah. was guilty. Uh, we we all went through and he was guilty. And I tell you what, the he looked at us when we said guilty, and Ooh. I'll never forget that look for the rest of my life. That was what was a, it like? It was like um a surprised look, and then his mother was crying behind. Did you put your hands over your face so he couldn't identify you? No, no. I mean, you know, he's been looking at me the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he knew what we looked like, and he didn't really look at us at all during the trial, but. He looked at us and he was just like, he couldn't believe it. He think, because the evidence was very circumstantial. There was no murder weapon. There was no eyewitness. Right. There was no DNA at the scene. So that's all circumstantial. But the judge gave, you a, gave us a really great way to think about it. If you're on a subway and when you got into the subway, it wasn't raining, right? You walk from the street into the subway, it's not raining. But while you're in the subway, you see people get on at the next stop with rain boots on, with umbrellas, and it's all wet. They're all wet. What can you assume from that? They're that outside. It's, that it's raining. Yeah. Right? You could also make the assumption that uh, that that someone with a fire hose was spraying everybody. But that's not a reasonable assumption. Reasonable doubt is like, was there a reasonable doubt, right? Something reasonable. So for me, there was no reasonable doubt here because unless a drone came down and filled this poor man full of bullets or a ninja jumped out of the fucking bushes and then disappeared without any other camera seeing him. The address is what does it. The fucking address killed him. The address is what does it. Yeah. Wow. So, so why, would, any idea, like, why the mob would want to kill this? There was a story about some pizza sauce from a Staten Island pizza shop. It's where It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Don't the audience have my sauce. But I'm sorry to joke about this, guys. The mob... <laughs> The mob is making a comeback, apparently. And I, the other day, I was in I was in Koreatown, and um, I was going to this really bad bar, and it's called Prison Bar, and it's themed like a prison. And it was it's really crazy, re- Cena, that this exists. It's true. This is here in L.A. Yeah. In L.A., I show I'm you I'm on pictures. vacation. Why are we doing this? 
It's a really so bad you place. Can see where you're sending this poor man. <laughs> This innocent man who just happened to be walking down the street to visit his With friends. With only nine toes. <laughs> it's such a bad place. Like, I will go drink anywhere, but I literally just went in there to see what's up. And I was yeah. like, no, I think I'm out. I didn't even get water. You know, wow. I was like, I think I'm gone. You took some pictures, though. I did take some pictures. It's a prison bar. It's a prison-themed bar. But when I was smoking a cigarette outside of the bar, there were these, and this is like in a very bad area of like California, kind of by McCarran Park. McCarran Park is very bad. And uh, by the way, don't ever live by there. McCarran Park, like Brooklyn, McCarran Park? <laughs> no, not McCarran Park. McCarran Park. MacArthur Park. MacArthur oh. Excuse me. Very like, sorry. I feel weird now. I <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> No, MacArthur Park. So, like, I'm smoking a cigarette, and then this, like, two big black cars pull up, like sedans. And then these two men get out and start, like, yelling at each other mm-hmm. in very, like, loud, aggressive tones. But I could tell that they're not. They're, like, tails are wagging, you know? Yeah. And then they somebody calls somebody, and then the third car just comes up in, like, 10 seconds. And I was like, oh, this is mafia-owned. Yeah. So that's like Koreatown. Maybe they were just into the theme of the bar. No. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, they were playing. You know, so like actors. when people get out, you know, they're going to have some drinks, but like, you know, adjust slowly. <laughs> you ever hear the mine. MacArthur Park song? You would love it. Oh, it's a great no. song. Yeah, MacArthur Park like is frightening in the dark. dark. All the people are running wild. Oh my God! Somebody tried to tell me MacArthur Park was uh, safe, and I said, "You are a blind man. <laughs> you are a blind and a dumb man." All right. But MacArthur Park has a mafia, and um, I definitely went to this uh, Red Lion Tavern in L.A., and it was a German stout house. Mm-hmm. But this Armenian guy was like, "Come hang out with us. Come hang out." And I was like, um, okay, you know, I'm in for the journey. And then I sat at a table with all these Armenians, and they just kept ordering hey, all this food. Hey, pretty girl, yes, you want to eat? You are yeah. a hair too adventurous for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys, they were speaking um, speaking a different uh, language I couldn't understand to each other. And they Arme- said, Armenian. Armenian, yes. And they said, um, I've got to go out to get some keys. And then he came back like 30 minutes later. Covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, you did not get some care. You got Would some you, Do you have bleach for my shoes? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of mafia. Mafia is alive and Put well. Put this wig on and drive my car for 30 minutes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But like, you know, this guy totally would have got away with it, you know, 15 years ago. Absolutely. But like fucking ring doorbells ruin this guy's life. This wow. guy, I... Honestly, I what surprised me so much, and apparently the, the defense attorney kept trying to say that he was he had no motive because he was a day trader and he had five hundred thousand dollars in an Ameritrade account. I was like, if this guy's a fucking day trader with his jorts and his fucking Jordans and black hoodie on an eighty degree day and brought his own fucking cell phone and his own fucking car to a murder, this is the biggest fucking idiot I've ever seen in my life. And the best part was in the closing arguments, the defense attorney kept saying the prosecution wants you to believe that Andy Fernandez was smart and dumb. They can't have it both ways. They can't have it both ways where he uh, ditched some things and, and didn't do other things. Prosecution gets up for her closing statement. You know what she says? First thing out of her mouth. I will never argue that this man was smart. Whoa! <laughs> and the jury, like, oh, like, like you know, like the Friday, the movie yeah. Friday. Where it's just like, oh, <laughs> all slid to one side, That's like hilarious. so much shade. It was a fucking amazing. What was the demographic of the jury? Oh, I'm so happy you asked. 
this was what this is really the brighter side this yeah. is what is so unbelievably heartwarming and made me so happy what a cross-section of new york city of brooklyn right yeah just the woman next to me was this big woman from Barbados, and when I was crying after the verdict came down because I was so much, she, she like, put your face in her tits. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't put him here. He put himself here, child. And like, I was like, thank you so much. There was an old white guy that was like an old voiceover actor. There was a Russian woman. There was uh, African American people. There were single moms. There were um, there was a woman from Park Slope who had a degree from Northwestern. There was like all kinds, like every single walk of life. There was a pregnant Asian woman. There is an older uh, Dominican grandmother. There was everything. I miss New York. Describing them for the mafia. (laughs) 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 Which, by the way, I wanted to do a whole thing on this. Yeah. And then, and do some investigating, do some interviews. Cosmo is very worried about the mob connection situation. Absolutely. Yeah, because they'll come and find you. Even if you move to California. He sounded like an expendable. It's right. Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. You gotta get the dumb ones to go and like fall for the moth. And the defense attorney. He probably owed them some fucking money. They knew this was gonna happen. They knew this was gonna happen, I think. They did it. The defense attorney didn't put on a case. He didn't even like let help us believe anything else. Mm-hmm. He just poked holes. And they don't have to put on a case, of course. Mm-hmm. But make me believe anything. Just show me. Tell me a different story. And all it right. was tough. So, he went home and he had to get some smarties. And he was like, oh, my gun's here. And a boop, boop, boop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so other than this incredible story. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a no, horrible no, you're thing right. I just no, said. I'm just trying to keep us on track here. Yeah. Um, other, than, uh, other than this incredible story, what is the brighter side of jury duty? So it, if you think about it, and they said this when we were kind of in there uh, before and getting selected, like this is one of the most important things you could do as a, as a civic duty, right? Mm-hmm. A hundred million people in this country didn't vote in the in the twenty sixteen election. Okay? Hundred million people. A, over a hundred million people. We got three hundred thirty million people here. Over a hundred million. Fuck all of those people. If you're one of them out there, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Okay, go vote again. All right, and then when jury duty comes around. If you have the means to do it, to serve, definitely do it. There were single moms there that were like, this would be a financial hardship. There were people with disabilities that were like, I can't fucking do this. There were people that were like, I have a surgery or they had legitimate excuses. There was one NYPD officer that got up and said, I can't be impartial. And the judge was like, I have officers from the NYPD serve on my juries all the time. You sure you can't be impartial? And he's like, no, can't be impartial. And everyone in the room was like, oh. This is what our problem is with the police here. Yeah. <laughs> you see why we're complaining now. <laughs> and so um, I love the fact that I got to have a positive impact on this process and to participate. I would have, I was able to help everyone organize thoughts and you know host a discussion about it, kind of thing, like you guys do on the show, and bring people together and and just figure this thing out and. It's just such a great experience to participate in that way. And I know the criminal justice system doesn't work for a lot of people, but we can get into that in a different episode. I'd be happy to talk about that. But watching this all happen was awesome, and it does work. When when you're in there, you can see all the little things that people are doing to make sure that this defendant got a fair trial. And it was really, really interesting to watch. That should be another episode of your podcast is um, the uh, prison system. Yeah. It is. Oh, God. Yeah. Such... Yeah, that's the reason why a lot of like weed isn't legalized in a lot of places is because you're going to make more money just putting them in prison. And then you have all these people that are basically getting forced into 
taking plea deals that can't yeah. afford a lawyer, and then you have this cycle of people. It's really not even like the 10-plus-year people that are in prison. It's the short-term people. When they go to prison for yeah. a week, they lose their job, they can't pay the fine, and then it's a vicious cycle where we've now criminalized property. This is be a four-hour podcast. I know, sorry. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> this is something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> it's a $200 yeah. ticket sometimes. And, it like, yeah, so, so many people can't do that. So important for everyone to serve. If you can, of course, serve on a jury because if you're a reasonable person, we need reasonable people to serve on juries. And it is so important. If you were in that defendant's position, you would want reasonable people that are staying awake the whole time, which didn't really happen the whole time. Uh, I mean, it would be impossible for me. I'd fall asleep at a drop of a hat. Exactly. How That's many, why I had Swedish fish. I how, was constantly eating Swedish fish. What about coffee? They're not allowed, you're not allowed you to can't have a drink. People were to sneak what? in a little like a little um, canisters. They and should stuff. be you should be wired. I know. No way. How long is the how long is the trial? Like eight it, hours at a time? It was like six hour days for three weeks. Were you popping bronchades? Fuck no. out. <laughs> I would have been too jacked up if I did that. Just standing up in the jury. Like, He's bugging me, man. You're out of order. You're out of order. You're out of order. I'm the lawyer now. I'll fucking show you a defense. I wanted to say that a couple of times. And you know, as a performer, you're like, I can really tweak that performance. Um, <laughs> I've got some notes. Here they are. All right. So we've talked about a lot of intense things on this show. And we're going to, I pulled out a joint. And we're gonna have a have a smoke, Please. and we're gonna talk about something a little more fun, and that is seen as uh, crippling addiction to DMT. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you? I'm I've not addicted yet. <laughs> I've smoked DMT once. Yeah. And it was because I was at this bar, and they were passing around a pipe. <laughs> And I took a hit of the pipe, and these are all strangers, by the way. And I, I was like, you. I think I would revert to Eddie's statement previously, where he said, uh, "You're <laughs> you're too adventurous." <laughs> I just like to soak up life. Did you think it was weed? Yeah, I thought it was weed. Of course. And then I hit, and they, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "That was some weird smoky weed." And they're like, "That's not weed. That's DMT." But I'll tell you what, I had a problem in my life at that time with a person who's being very manipulative and controlling and nasty. Yeah. And um, and my brain said, um, it like centered in on the problem. I, I literally just stared at a piece on the floor, like a piece of tile, and it said, it's okay that you are feeling this now. At least you are not feeling this years into the relationship. Mm. You cut them out of your life for a reason. So good for you. And um, I honestly never felt bad about that again, which yeah. I usually Ooh. kind of dwell on things, but I never I never dwelled on it. Interesting. Mm. So I've never done it. Uh, well, I don't know if I have, but we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, the, uh, so why do you like it so much? I've only done it once. Or You've only done it once. Technically twice. Uh, but the first time I didn't, it's really about breaking through. At, mm-hmm. And I, we've, I've, we've talked about ayahuasca on here and I, all the stuff. That did I've you done see there. your other self in another dimension or Ooh, something? Oh boy, did I see a lot. Um, <laughs> it was a really thoughtful and hallucinogens for me are a thoughtful experience. I don't, I'm not going to. I gonna, love hallucinogens. Yeah, I'm not going to do DMT or even mushrooms or any, anything just like on a whim. Although back in the day, we used to just pop a cap and a stem when we were partying and that was awesome. Yeah. And I Hell loved yeah. it. That's the best way to do mushrooms, if you ask me. Um, Absolutely. Or if you want to like have a very thoughtful trip, then you should just like start at 11 a.m. Uh, and then just go through the day. Yeah. Uh, but DMT. Do some banking. Yeah. <laughs> some banking. <laughs> Deposit some checks. 
go to the gym. It's like, hey, uh, so 5-MeO-DMT is the molecule that is also in ayahuasca. There's a part of it that is active in ayahuasca, and that's what helps you go to, like, fucking Venus. And that's where you need, like, a shaman and whatnot. And also eat, like, apparently to do ayahuasca, you've only got to eat vegan for a month and not drink. And uh, be very clean. Well, every shaman has different uh, chemicals. I would have to go veg vegan ish uh, for about three days before, and also abstain from sex before and after. Oh no! Really? Which was very frustrating. I never That's did bizarre. the after part because Cosmo is uh, really that. beautiful. So I don't know how you. Like I said, I never did it after. For three days before, uh, I would say no, I'm gonna do it, and she'd be like, oh, "This is very impressive <laughs> that you're doing this." She's like, "It's kind of a turn on," and I was like, "Well, we'll take care of this in a but few days." But you get to see the cosmos. Exactly. Then you see the cosmos. <laughs> I mean, Cosmo, not good. to like say anything weird about your wife, your yeah. beautiful, wonderful wife. Thank you. But she is very sexy. Yeah. And I did go over to your house one time, and she was like roasting a chicken and something about like if I had a metaphorical dick, it was yeah. like hard at that moment. Yeah. We could talk about that afterwards, by the way. <laughs> I mean, um, I would never want to have a threesome because that'd be very weird. Yeah. But I just find your wife very beautiful. I'm very comfortable. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but the... But the experience was uh, a friend of mine from ayahuasca invited me to his home and we had a little ceremony and it was actually oddly enough nine people three other people there persian and it was so cool i had like this great experience with these three other persians that we were you, talking about everything and it was really fun you had a whole bag of pistachios everyone <laughs> was eating nuts <laughs> so i brought cantaloupe and honeydew after the ceremony what does dmt time. stand for don't uh, mess with my tits. Do you want to look it up? I can't. I can't. Yeah, look it up. I can't say it. I'm going to ruin it if I say it. It's uh, one of those, you know, For weird Donna's chemicals. messy tits. <laughs> Donna's, Donna's messy tits. Oh, uh, they shoot. They squirt Pepsi. <laughs> squirt Pepsi. <laughs> it stands for dimethyltryptophan. Dimethyltryptophan. Dimethyl. Dimethyl. Trip to mean. Yeah. Like the turkey stuff. Like, oh, okay. so that's tryptophan. That's tryptophan. But all Which those words. Oh, and that's by the way, drug. if any fan <laughs> wants to do Donna's messy tits <laughs> and they want to draw a picture, then you can go on ahead and send it to P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Care of the Care? Last, Posse. Care Last of... Podcast Network. Sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, oh, I no. thought you were going to miss it for some reason. Oh, I thought the Carolette, look, because it's the last podcast on the top, but I yeah, thought it was but like. But you read the other stuff first. Yeah. But, so I, I, I thought you were going to miss it. Well, I, I, didn't I, want, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I, I, I didn't want Henry like opening up this package of this beautiful woman shooting Pepsi out of her tits and thinking yeah. that Why it was... We don't want a science just... experiment. We want a painting. Um, <laughs> hashtag free the nipple. Uh, <laughs> all right, Did you so, just solicit tit pics? <laughs> no, um, uh, drawings. Got drawings, it. Paintings. Drawing, mm. Art. I was going to say cover them up, but then I was like, no, that's wrong. Free it. Yeah, so I, I, I did an adjustment in my brain right before I spoke. Um, I usually don't give that much information about how I talk, but I'm <laughs> the- <laughs> DMT. So, you know, why, uh, why, so, have, why, uh, why should I do it? It's instead of I, – I don't think I'm going to do ayahuasca again because, frankly – it's difficult, and I had to puke. You had a baker's dozen. Yeah, it's like I've done it plenty of times. I've had the experiences. They're really amazing. But DMT is 20 minutes as opposed to six hours. Yeah, mm. it's like a quick I, I sort of thing. 20 minutes. But yeah. if, you have, if you take SSRIs, like um, you know, antidepressants and shit like that, some of them 
will block the experience and you won't be able to like break through. It's really about, you could do it kind of like how you did at the bar and you're gonna feel super high and you're gonna have like some emotional feelings. What we did is we were on our backs and we were, uh, she got, uh, I'll call her a shaman, uh, she got a volcano, like the the vaporizer. More like a shaw woman, excuse me. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I mean, so, DMT, you're not a shaman. Ayahuasca, you're a shaman. Whatever. She, she works with a lot of different DMT, molecules. you like a line cook. <laughs> <laughs> she was a very powerful line cook. So um, she had us on our backs three at a time. We were on the ground, let the vape go into the bag, and then we took a very slow, long hit. We sat up, and then she says, hold it forever. And you lay back down, and by the time you're exhaling, I felt my entire body and mind melt away. Complete ego dissolution. Like butter in a skillet? Yeah. 20-minute whip it. Oh, no. A whippet is like no, I couldn't even. Just we're talking about different dimensions. Yeah, like yeah, whippets are more like your brain. And you, exactly, yeah. you have to. I'm talking like you close your eyes and the colors that you see are obviously insane, but you feel like you've gone inside to a different plane of existence where all of a sudden my arms and my legs were moving in this ridiculous way, and I could feel them moving, but I didn't know what was happening, and it just guided me to something and you saw these different beings and things floating around you so you hallucinated like an entire world absolutely entire plane of existence really and it was so beautiful and i was giggling did and I was you go to like what time. dreams may come yeah exactly <laughs> crazy without with no script no right that's the other thing there is no script and that's a few minutes and then uh, she comes over and she's like, would you like another hit? And I was like, <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, you do another one. And then this time, because DMT is this molecule that we, it exists in our brain already. And yeah, it when happens, you die, it comes out. And when you're you're born. This is when you're born and you're dead. Oh, wow. Those oh, are the yeah. two times. I remember enjoying that. So they get, <laughs> yeah. Do they get babies DMT for fun? Exactly. Is this like the 1920s when there was no... The babies are still on, they're on a DMT hangover when they come out. <laughs> I mean, they giggle and cry uh, the drop of a hat. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the only way that you can just like get into that new plane of existence, right? Man, uh, wow. A couple it's like times... you're flying out of a vagina. You gotta be like... Gonna be on some drugs. For this. I know, like a football through the goal. Yes, yeah, exactly. past the goal, it's life. Uh, so, uh, do you know my mom had a double D section? Oh my god! <laughs> Did the doctor give it to her for free? Yeah, but he had to use the table saw. <laughs> 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 Go on. You were, what were you saying? I don't remember. <laughs> get out of here. Don't take me on a ride and then be like, oh, get back on the highway, Cena. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Could you just- <laughs> Oh man, they took her out with a punch to the face. <laughs> so we should do DMT. 
So really, uh, but, oh, the second hit, the second hit, right, right, the second hit. So uh, she comes over the second hit, and then this time, because of the death thing, I went to death. I went to, and my father is a heart transplant patient, and I yeah. went to his heart transplant. And I, he just had too big of a heart because he's too good of a man. Exactly. <laughs> so they gave him a new. He had an operation, and then you know, you take the heart out. You're that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was dead, and I was. It was as if I was uh, sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon, but the Grand Canyon was my father's chest cavity, and I was looking down. You were watching? Yeah, I was watching it as they took his heart out and then put a new one in, and I was just moved, and I felt so much understanding and empathy and uh, and acceptance, kind of what you experienced, Amber, of just like accepting something and then understanding how to move forward. Is and your father now a different man? Like, does he fight cats? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, because that was the lat He's trip. honestly the sweetest man I've he ever is, met. But he's he, I never, genuinely just kind. Yeah, he's and, so sweet and sensitive, and he's always been that way, but he's even yeah. more, like, you can tell when they crack that sternum open, and that's what, oh something. And then, of course, after that, I went to uh, taking out my own heart, and I, like, looked at it. How was it? It was cool, you know. It was like I was. Uh, people were like, "You kept lo- grabbing your chest." I was no, like, "No, I'm talking about how was like your heart. How was, oh, it was, it was good, good looking, looking, good, it was good. Yeah, yeah. You it was very like, oh, hairy, good. very We're, hairy yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I'm glad it's here. Yeah, you put it back in yourself. And I was totally fine with it. Other people may have had a more difficult experience, but I had a very accepting. I think because of my seasonedness maybe Eddie yeah. I think you're as uh, like this uh, you're strong and Amber as well no uh, I'm a I'd be a weak little bitch if I saw my mom or dad get their sternum cracked no, open no but I mean, I mean you know you'll but you're accepting of a, a, yeah. an experience you right? always gotta remind yourself when you're doing these exactly. drugs like did you hold that- up a sign it was just like, yeah. no, Dad. I'm sorry, Eddie. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. I was just giving. It was very The um, I was just saying that when you're doing drugs or any of these drugs, that you know, you have to remind yourself that when you're panicking, these are hallucinogens, not um, not standing up for cocaine or anything like that. Oh but hallucinogens, when you, if you start flipping out, uh, just you gotta just remind yourself that you're on this drug. Exactly. And it's gonna. You can't soon. fight it. You know, so don't like, yeah, don't just, just, you have to ride it out. Ride the snake, And sometimes baby. you got to ride it out for 14 hours. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> you know, like, right. like no. sometimes it's 20 minutes, you know, like, so you just like, you just keep every time you go to your brain goes to no, no land. Yeah. You used to say, like, I'm on acid. Yeah. I took acid. I will be off of acid eventually. I know this has been a long time, brain. <laughs> you talk to your brain. Everything's going to be fine. Like, literally. We're, we're just yeah. in this. Ride the snake. Now, let me ask you. I, this is, I think this would be a good thing. Instead of a brighter side for this, because uh, we obviously know what the brighter side is. It was is. amazing, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> and so uh, you're, I would dare to say you're my smartest friend. Oh, fuck. And, yes, you're in you trouble, have a, then. You have the top hat. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are listening, Cena's wearing a top hat with a graduation, <laughs> a graduation twirl, whatever the fuck that is, that little dangle, dangle. a little top tassel. hat with a tassel. tassel. He's wearing a top hat with a tassel. Oh, but so and you experience drugs. Yeah, you're you're a responsible human being. You yes. you have you have. Decent credit. Yeah. You own a, a, a home, a, a beautiful home in Brooklyn, <laughs> right next to the where the Nets play. It's got to be insane how much it's worth. You're doing wonderful. You, you, you have a beautiful wife. Yeah. You guys, she, you, you're so responsible. 
yet you're able to do drugs. Now, people who hate drugs and are very anti-drugs. Now, if you have a problem and it, it causes you to get drunk and you're in AA, this isn't for you. You you have a disease, unfortunately. You are allergic to it, you know, so you can't do it. You know, that's what I always told my friend who would always want to relapse with me. I'm like, you can't drink, you're allergic to it. Yeah. End of day. You know, that's what it is. You know, but for yeah. the other ones that can, you know, what is it about drugs that makes it worth it? I think I really like pushing my brain to uh, challenging places. And it, it's, it, it brings me a lot of joy to like, because uh, I guess I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which is like a, the adventurer, just always want to do new things. What's an Enneagram? It's like a, one of those like personality test things. First what? time I ever heard of it. In yeah, 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 yeah. Cosmo's yeah, yeah. real into this stuff. I don't know about it, but I'm going to look at it. Apparently, the it... Christian right has been using it, too, which is really funny. I just learned that as oh, well. Yeah. And I told Cosmo, she's like, I don't know. She's been doing it for a long time. Uh, hey, it works for that. She knows, knows all these things. Like, we did the Strengths Finder, all these the fun little mm -hmm. personality things that make you understand yourself a little bit more. And that's, I think, the Christian point. Christian right is very successful, by the way. Very successful. You know, so you can learn something. You guys, let's watch The Family. That's a good one. No, on I haven't oh, seen it yet. I know I want to see it. Um, so I think, yeah, that it's just I love to challenge myself because – when you do that, especially with hallucinogens, you you find either a greater piece of acceptance or a greater sense of understanding of not just like who this is who I am. No, it's like here's the world we live in. Here's where I am in relation to the rest of the world. It's I think that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Understanding ourselves also means we're understanding how we are in relation to the rest of our fellow humans and to the environment that we're in. Hmm. And did you feel any kind of? Um, I don't know if you believe this or not, but do you? since you experienced this kind of magical moment um, witnessing your father and you felt very at peace. So when you look forward to, you know, possibly one day we're all going to pass away, that's just life. Do you feel a kind of calmness about that, that you didn't before? Or is that just kind of you, are you realizing it's just your brain doing something? It's nothing more like how, where are you on that? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what it, it really was. And I think, I think there's, I don't know if that's going to be that means I'm going to be calm when I know he'll pass on and we're happy and blessed to have him every single day that he's here. Mm -hmm. um, or I mean, I but mean, it definitely I mean, helps you understand yourself. Like, oh, because that's where it ends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. So I think a little bit, but I think right. we spend the rest of our lives trying to eventually get a little bit more accepting of that. Mm. You know, and I think that's, you know, that that makes you understand and appreciate the days that we do have. Interesting. You got to appreciate them. Sometimes I'm on the internet and I fart and I smell it. And I'm like, whew. <sighs> what are we going to do? And I'm like, it's been like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your days. <laughs> Don't waste them. Ever Live your best something life. that crippled me. Not the, it was beautiful, Sando. Yeah. Very, very, you are no, 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 I love I you so much. I hate what you've put me through on this episode now. <laughs> you actually, I this, thought you put this. yourself through I this. I did this. I said Iran, we talk about Iran and then we'll hang out. You're like, DMT, <laughs> I saw a murder. And <laughs> We're into it. We love you know, it. And we love it. you. This is <laughs> You never give me a brighter side of the Iowa caucus, but it's fine. I'll let you pass. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you can say cock out loud. Yeah. Cock has never had a better moment than right now. <laughs> Do you know that there's a bunch of macaque monkeys in Florida running around with herpes on their mouth? Oh, mm. It's in the news. All right, guys. Kinky monkeys. So, you know, we all love you so much. I love you guys. This is really nice. I forgot what I was going to tell you. 
Oh, you said something about hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't wanted to save it till after I talked to Cena, but now I don't remember what that was. That's the joint's fault, and that's why we should always wait till after the episode. Yeah. But yes. regardless, I love you. I love you. I love you. I said that to all three of them. Um, show's over, right? Yeah, show's over. I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, Amber Smelson uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Cena, where can people find you and learn about you? Other than let's plug the new podcast one more time. Fraudsters coming out on LPN in the next. I don't know. We gotta we gotta do some more work, but yeah, we're close. Great. And then uh, Cena John. Yeah, at J O N S S E E N A J O N. And that's Twitter and Instagram. Yep. You got the check mark on both? I don't got the check mark on Instagram. Just change it. Yeah, I think it's time to change. Just take Instagram. a picture. Instagram's going to be more, but Twitter's dead. You know yeah. what you should yeah. do is take, <laughs> take a picture with you and Photoshop a check mark right by your photo. Mm-hmm. So then they're just going to like look at your there photo and assume that there's a, a blue check mark. And yeah. then what is Twitter going to do? Sue you? Nothing. Nothing. I like it. Fuck yeah. Take Marcus Zuckerberg. <laughs> Social media marketing with Amber Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Eddie Tunes underscore on uh, Twitter, Eddie Tunes, Instagram, E-D-D-I-T-U-N-E-S. Eddie with an I-E and tunes like music, not the fucking cartoons that I love so much. All right, guys. Uh, you want to send us anything, we would love it. It's been so cool getting the mail. Uh, they send it to the brighter side care of LPN PO box 470 North Hollywood, California, nine one six zero three. Um, you want a sticker? Fucking hit me up. I said it earlier. You send us a direct message on Instagram. That's at the brighter side LPN or brighter side. Just look for it. You can recognize us, you know, fuck. And, uh, and direct message us. And, uh, the first, uh, 30 people who do it, I'll send you a sticker. Cause I got 30 stamps. So fuck it. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, uh, come uh, February 12th. Uh, this coming up Wednesday, come see uh, classy night out. Me, Jackie, Will Miles, Dan St. Tremaine, Travis Irvine and Dave Ross are on the show. It's going to be a fucking hoot and a fucking hafe. And, um, taking us out today. Can I, can I pull a song out? Is that all right? The, uh, the, the, I've, I've been listening and, so rare does a new album come out that I'm floored by it on my first listen and I just keep like and I fall in love with it so fast but this new Mac Miller album is perfect it is just truly unbelievable and um, the name of the song that I want to play is uh, you know I'm just like I said this album just came out so I'm still learning oh man Rock and Roll McDonald's by Wesley Willis (laughs) All right, hold on. Let me edit. Uh, help me edit this. Is Surf. The song I want to play is Surf by Mac Miller on the new album Circles. Uh, so please check it out. It is fucking emotional. Uh, I'm so upset that I did not listen to this dude when he was alive because uh, this shit is, I mean, it's perfect music. It's future music. I listened to it. I'm like, this is the future of music. And he's dead, and it's so sad. Well, you know, when he died, he was like, Ed, never listen to me. I, I'm that the was guy. his night. That was his guy. note. I'm the one who did it. But I love, uh, <laughs> I love you. I was on a plane with him once. You killed Mac Miller, Ed Larson. <sighs> Guys, look at yourselves. Be a better person to yourself. Be a better person. Because once you're better to yourself, then you can start being great to other people. And I will know that you are great to yourself, Cena. And, uh, and then, uh, but you are also great to all of us. 
Uh, this is really fun. I miss you. I want to have you on anytime you want to be here. We love having yeah. you, buddy. Miss you. Miss you guys. Show's oh. not the same without you, man. Oh. We, we're great. Me yeah. and Amber are fucking dynamite. We're yeah. doing great. It's wonderful. Eddie's wonderful. We miss you. I miss oh. you. This was fun. <laughs> this is like a like a Wild West or like, ah! This was like a shotgun wedding. We, I usually come in here with a bunch of notes and shit. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it was, this is very, this is wonderful. Oh. Yeah, All you're right. the smartest person we know. Oh, Sina. God help you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to. All right. <laughs> Peace out, guys. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.